Welcome back to the We Are Here podcast, only on southcoast.fm. We're telling stories of business builders and entrepreneurs on the South Coast, letting the world know we are here. We're the number one podcast on the South Coast for entrepreneurs, and we'd love your review on iTunes. So if you have a moment, please scroll to the bottom of Apple Podcasts or whatever podcast app you're listening to and leave us a review. Please spread the word. Share us on your Facebook page, Twitter stream, LinkedIn profile, and Instagram app. The more listeners we have, the more we amplify your mission to build a business here on the South Coast. Don't forget to subscribe at southcoast.fm slash subscribe. Nothing is going to stand in the way of today's guest from achieving the success that he's after. Not COVID, not politics, and certainly not from a lack of hustle. In a time where you might be hard-pressed to figure out how to bring people physically together to enrich their cultural, artistic, and business lives, Peter Walker knows how to do it. He's leading the development of the Communal Space NB. Find it at facebook.com slash the Communal Space NB. It's a diverse arts cultivator community space and modern art gallery. We're going to talk about today's challenges of rallying around an opportunity like this and what his grand visions are for the space. From social capitalism to branding to sales to Beyonce, we cover it all in today's episode. Please welcome Peter Walker to the We Are Here podcast. I had an amazing time learning of the work and the effort he puts in every single day. And by the way, his wife is pretty cool too. Okay, let's dive into the show with the first question. From the outside looking in, does the South Coast feel that fast-paced? It's only a, a difference in speed by the difference of demographic and how many people we have here per capita. In Boston, you have to cut through a lot more red tape in order to get certain things done, whereas like your local politicians here are actually more accessible than most places, which I think is advantageous to businesses in the area as long as you understand that advantage that you have to be able to reach out to city council, the mayor, anybody really, the chief of police, they're all accessible to you. Whereas like, you know, if you want to get a visit with Marty Walsh, it's going to take you a minute. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Marty's a cool guy, but again, he's a very busy guy dealing with a larger population. So I think New Bedford is, is unique in the sense that it's a hub to me. Whereas like a lot of people move through this area, whether they're going to Boston, New York, Connecticut, Providence, you know, Rhode Island, it's one of those, it's a, it's a unique hub area to me, but there is a sense of like, because of that accessibility and, in, and being able to get things done, there is a lesser pressure. I don't think that we should have too much pressure on ourselves to keep up with Boston or things like that. We just need to build our own infrastructure and, and focus on what we, the unique niche that we have here as a community. How hard is how hard is it to think of the South Coast when like think of the South Coast collectively between Fall River, New Bedford mm -hmm. and then all the, the surrounding towns and when we feel like man like feels like New Bedford's just getting started which is hilarious to say because, it, because it's been you know many 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 years of the revitalization of everything Fall River all of these things it feels like we're always in like this just getting started mode mm -hmm, mm -hmm. which kind of I feel like is is what detracts from the South Coast really feeling like all of these cities and towns work together yes is, I mean is that something that you feel too like we have to get this house right before we can make it seven houses before we can actually compete with everyone else yeah I can understand it there's nativism that naturally goes into that plays into it here so like yeah if you're from New Bedford you see yourself as New Bedford not essentially so when you think South Coast you're just thinking of New Bedford not essentially Fall River or Taunton or things of that even like you know how the highways are set up is a little different so it doesn't it doesn't have that uh, connection, whereas, like, if I'm going from Dorchester to Mattapan, that's just a road. You know, you come to the end of the highway, you're in New Bedford. So that kind of automatically puts us off 
a little yeah. bit, but I think gradually we're getting there. I see a lot more organizations communicating between each other, understanding that we're stronger together. But at the same time, I understand when, especially in this in this era right now, we're dealing with a lot of grant funding, government supplement stuff. Everybody's fighting for resources. But I think that we're in a phase now where we're actually starting, whoever gets the resource, we're pooling those resources together to complement each other's businesses, endeavors, organizations, uh, what have you. So it is changing. Things like mass TDI development, working between all the different areas is helping as well. It's not going to happen overnight. Nope. I'm going to be 40 this year. I remember being really young and like my parents talking about, hey, the train's coming. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to change things. Right? <laughs> yes. and, and here we are like 30 years yep. later. I'm like, okay, <laughs> it's coming. It's like, I'm still saying it. It's not here yet. What are your thoughts? I mean, we, we don't have to get into like the logistics of like mass transportation, but just like thinking like, do you do you think that's going to shake things up a little bit or is it? Absolutely. Uh, right. Absolutely. I think it's more, I think before there was a lot of talk, some of the infrastructure has already been laid out. Actually, there was a plan for it to be open, if I'm not mistaken, or somewhat parts of it to be open in 2020. But obviously, COVID shut everything down. So it is coming. Hopefully, I won't be looking at Nyla, when, my daughter who's three, when she's <laughs> yeah. 13. is like, that train's coming. But yeah, when yeah. it does come, it is going to change the economy out here. But what I, what I worry more about is making sure that we have all the different demographics in our area have a foothold in the businesses. So the people who live here can thrive from those businesses. If you, if you noticed... In the last couple of years, there's been a lot of developers from different areas showing interest in a lot of the commercial real estate and all of that stuff that's out here because they know that that train's coming. They know that it's going to boom. Obviously, being a you know a major port city, the richest port city in the world, things are going to change. Prices are going to go up. Things are definitely going to change. But it's you can't complain about that because it's a byproduct of having a better community. We just have to learn how to adjust and take advantage of those opportunities when we have a new influx of business coming through in tourism. Yeah. I want to talk about the brand that you run, IamStillIll.com. I've seen a lot of folks doing, and this might not be the right term for it, but doing like apparel and messaging through branding and stuff like that in this area, which I think is amazing to see that this little corner of the world, people are doing this. What are the particular challenges for you to like market this and get it out? When I was kind of in my exploratory phase in my earlier 20s, trying to figure out what direction I was going to be going in, I think we talked about this candidly before I was on the line between how I grew up and where I was going to be going as a young man. I was fortunate enough to start this brand. It was originally just shirts that I had from my team. We were doing music production, booking artists and acts throughout the entire New England region. So it was really, it started as staff shirts at shows. And then people kept asking us, I love that logo. Like, can I get one of those shirts? So I was like, oh, a light bulb went off and I started selling them at the shows so during those times i mean that was the heyday like you could still sell cds this is early 2012 right before like facebook really took over and people leaned so heavy into the e-commerce space now that i converted it mainly into just the affirmation brand itself it's really just about empowering people Sometimes people get too heavy into the fashion. And in this age, we're very conscious of the messaging behind these brands. So I think that a competitive edge that I've been having is combined with the communal space, combined with third eye, combined with what I do in the community that actually influences people to buy into the brand. A lot of the times we have people who want to start businesses and it's like people are struggling right now more than ever to keep food on the table. So if they're going to buy a shirt or buy apparel from you, a lot of times they want to know what else do you do besides just have a nice shirt. Um, so my commitment to the community is, is an investment not only in the community, but also in the relationship that they have as far as how they perceive the brand. 
and um, the validity of what the brand stands for. And that really helps. Uh, story is the most important thing when it comes to branding. And sometimes people just start a brand, they don't have a story. But I'm also not competitive in the sense of where like I help other brands right now for E for All, I'm mentoring and I'm literally mentoring a young man uh, who has uh, apparel called Savior Six Apparel. And um, literally, I'm giving them all the, the tidbits of information because where would I have been if I didn't go through the growing pains as well? It's just a balance. It's a balance. Yeah, you actually you uncovered that the next question that I was going to lead to in this space, because, again, it's it's. I see a lot of people doing this and it's man if if everyone got together on the like just on the apparel front like I want to run an apparel business right I want to make stuff uh, and sell stuff on either a t-shirt or a clothing line I'm like man there's, there's a lot of people doing it it feels like everyone's doing it in pockets and if everyone got together yes there could be a bigger movement for apparel down Agreed. here I know nothing I don't know anything about no, the business agree. but I just like maybe if everybody got together there could be more out of this down here well, what happened is essentially, so when I first started this, again, when you first started having to make an apparel company, you had to get a local distributor. There was setup costs, setup fees for each different design or logo that you wanted to do. That cost you a lot of money. So there was a lot of things that made you hesitate to get into the game. In this new Shopify e-commerce era, it's extremely hard, I mean, extremely easy to start an apparel company, which yeah. entices people to do so. Especially if you're an artist. If you've been a visual artist most of your life and you can make a, you know, the whole concept of starving artists, I can paint something on a canvas and it might not move but if i put it on a t-shirt i can mm. sell it so i agree i agree and that's what the communal space is kind of about like i have my shirts on sale in there right now but like the space is for other people to come in and utilize it as well and get you know be able to test out your brand be able to test your market get some feedback from people as they come in and learn about your brand as well i have a t-shirt and a hat that i mm -hmm. sell for my for my other podcast and i just like I know I'm not gonna it, it's it the amount of clothing that I sell is not going to make a massive impact mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. I just donate it to a uh, nonprofit that helps in the mental health space for you know freelancers and developers so my yep. other podcast all about technology and stuff so I just say look I'm not gonna make a lot of money with this I'm gonna sh push this all over to this nonprofit and yep. donate it you talked about being a social capitalist in our pre-interview in all of the work that you do how does that play a role in the decision making? Absolutely. So right now I'm in a phase where if let's say I know an organization that doesn't have the capacity to create their own brand. I'm kind of working on something right now at the New Bedford Historical Society. They don't have the capacity to manage it, create it. They don't understand Shopify. Maybe there might be a generation gap between who's running the organization versus me having the knowledge. I offer up my services to either start their brands or house their brand on my website and all those proceeds go to them for, for whatever that item is that's sold. Same thing with the communal space. So like a lot of the times being this social in this social capitalism paradigm that I'm in, it's it's really a hard balance because I'm not looking to be if I end up a mogul. Great. Fantastic. I appreciate it. But I'm just looking to balance the books between my personal life and being able to keep food on the table while I'm committing as much time as I am to the mm. community. Sometimes community work is a thankless job, but <laughs> but that's not why I'm in the game. You know, like I realized that somewhere along the path of if you're looking for a kudos that then you're not really in the game for the purpose of self-reformation and, and getting, you know, enhancing your community's experience. So again, I'm always thinking about ways I can tie things in to the social capitalism con construct. The book was actually written by the, there's a book out there that's actually written by the CEO of Whole Foods. His name evades me right now, but he's the CEO of Whole Foods. And that's why I got the concept from, I've read his book. It, it was really a revelation because 
We all want to make money. I understand this is the paradigm that we live in. And capitalism in itself is not unhealthy. The greed that, that can be a byproduct of it is can be unhealthy. And we just, again, and I understand sometimes too, because I the concept of people like, let's say I'm Jeff Bezos. I make this great company. Nobody cared when I had it in a garage, but I'm making all of this money. Then you learned about tax loopholes through my company. But other companies have been doing this forever. <laughs> I just right, did the right. same practices. Apple yeah. does the same thing. So, you know, they send their money to, to Switzerland somewhere. They open an account in, 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 the bar, uh, in the Barbados or something like that. They yeah. funnel that money through a money management, no taxes. So, but again, it, it gets sketchy where you have to have the public always telling you how to run your business when they don't, when some, a lot of them don't understand what it takes to run a business at that scale. Yeah. It's easy yeah. to say, it's harder to do. And to be responsible for employees that can do things, but that's on Amazon's name. <laughs> so I kind of understand the balance. The The key is, is just always being aware that when I'm bringing in the revenue, I need to put enough together for my legacy, but there'll be spare that I can put out into the community and the universe as well. Yeah. It's such a weird, it's, it's a human issue or it's a human problem, right? I'll use Tom Brady as an example here. Yes. Like everyone roots for the underdog and Until then they win. Not. They're like, he won. And then he wins like seven times and they're like, get this guy the hell out of here. Yes. Wait a minute. Yeah. Everyone was happy when everyone was coming up. In podcasting world, Joe Rogan, he might be a polarizing figure, but it's like everyone is up in arms that he went to Spotify. I mean, he was a creator who created Correct. a podcast out of nothing. Correct. Yeah, he was a comedian. Yeah, he had a show, but he wasn't Joe Rogan, the podcaster. And he worked whatever, how many years? And he got paid 30 million bucks by Spotify. Exactly. Like, what do you, you want? Like, this is what like, you can't yeah. knock it. Again, it's easy. It's a lot of things are easy. It's just like a lot of the social issues we deal with in society. These social media platforms make it extremely easy for people to have an opinion, and I don't knock you having an opinion, but if you don't have an action plan or a solution, if you're not, you know, you can be problem-focused, but so being a solution-oriented person actually moves the ball forward. So, you know, we're just living, it's just a, a byproduct of this age. I hope somewhere in the next decade it'll slow down, but I doubt it. <laughs> it's amazing how many doctors showed up on Facebook when COVID hit. Oh, you Every, kidding me? <laughs> everyone was a medical Everybody. professional. Okay, let's talk about the communal space. And, and again, speaking of COVID, obviously super hard time when literally people couldn't meet in person and you're putting together a space where everyone is supposed to meet in person. We talked about like merchandise being presented there, sort of people be able to test their brand there to a degree. And you even mentioned something about being almost like a library of sorts in our pre-interview. What is the communal space and, and what's the vision for it? So the communal space is self-defined by its name. It's literally a space for the community. One of the things that I realized moving to New Bedford, I was very aware of listening to all the different backgrounds that live here, especially the marginalized communities or the BIPOC community. And I wanted to hear what their feelings were on why they don't have more commerce and are dealing with downtown. And yes, maybe 50 years ago, there might have been some some constructs there to not even so much stop you, but just uh, not motivate you to be downtown. But those constructs are not the same anymore. Um, and the only way you can prove that sometimes instead of talking to people is just to show them. So the communal space was actually me taking a risk in my social capitalism side to provide a space that has an Afrocentric worldly vibe. Just off rip, you can tell like, okay, this is a different kind of space downtown, but it's welcoming for all parties. It's a space where I want like and unlike minds to come discuss matters. Again, like you said, it was extremely hard because we uh, 
officially had started trying to open up the business in the beginning of 2020. By the time February, March rolled around, it was a wrap. So we kept it open doing a lot of virtual events. And now we're officially, officially open. We did some renovations. We're going to be working within the parameters of COVID guidelines. But I think even if we can get 10 people to come together and have a meaningful conversation, socially distanced, air purifiers, all that good stuff is still conversation that's needed. And it helps the, the, the fabric of our community be stronger together. We have to learn how to talk in the middle. And we've lost that nuance and and the ability to understand, like, I know conservative people that aren't necessarily that far from the beliefs of people who are liberal here. And I think that we've a lot of New Bedford was shell shocked that 49 percent of the people here voted for Trump. I was not because I understand the nuance of the things that people are there. Some people essentially were conservative, not even essentially, literally were conservatives before Trump. So they're not going to shift parties and stuff like that. They're just going to. Bet on their horse in the race, win, lose, or draw. So again, the space is, is in itself a space for like and unlike minds to come together, a space for artists. It's an, um, you know, we have an arts culture. I consider the communal space an arts cultivator. We need spaces where people can learn to express their art, learn to get better at it, learn the small nuances to the commerce of art, learning how to price art in all different mediums. And again, it's just a communal space, a creative space. The Co-Creative Center does a fantastic job as well. Again, I wanted a space that was from top down, led by people of color or people from the BIPOC community to instill that comfortability for the younger generation to do business in their downtown. Because again, how are you going to thrive without doing business in your downtown? What does business or merchandise look like for you in that center when we can get back to this. Absolutely. What we plan on doing and we're slowly doing now, we just did our Black Presently event yesterday and that was highlighting a young man named Justin Botello who is a young, he's actually Brazilian and Portuguese and he grew up in the North End. So he actually got to watch the demographics change in the North End. It's predominantly Latino area right now. And his perspective dealing with the differences between being Portuguese, Brazilian, the Latino community, all these different communities. And he's gotten into... To photography so again the goal was there for, for him to do his post his photography have people come through if people buy it they buy it it's great you know what i mean um you're you're getting your ability to put that out there so we plan on highlighting different artists different people in the community in that space it's really just a space to like really celebrate everyday people in our community like you know the politicians are going to get their due the larger companies and business owners are going to get their due but we have to highlight these these smaller businesses, especially right now with small business struggling, to be able to give the community a reason to invest in these companies. Sometimes it's just a matter of not knowing the talents or the hidden gems that are here. We know standard names, like we know Superflat is, and this is not disparaging, but we know Superflat has a team of artists. They're fantastic. I know Eden Soares, so many people, but there's so many that, again, that arts culture there's a separation because it's not an arts cultivator anymore. So we're trying to fill that gap. We're like the minor leagues. And then when they're ready, we send them up to the majors, to the New Bedford Art Museum and all that good stuff. How do you deal with, and maybe it's still just um, a little too early on, but even pulling from what you've done in, in mentorship at EFRAL and probably mentoring other people on the side for so long, somebody comes to you, they say, yeah, we're going to do an apparel business. I want to set up shop. And they're like, I'm going to get rich doing this. Or they're like, nobody bought anything and they get discouraged. Is there going to be a, a business lesson to be had here or a business mentorship for people who want to show up to say, look, it's not easy. Yeah, I gave you the space. Your time's up. You got to move on. But, you know, here's what you can Absolutely. leave with Absolutely. to get better at this game. 
Yeah, that and that's the goal. So e for all I love e for all fantastic program. I mentor for them. My wife is a program manager there. Donna does a great job as the ED there. They do a fantastic job. I noticed the disconnect is, you know, especially right now with the space being the program being virtual, is that there's not a lot of real life practical scenarios for these business owners to test out their market unless they do the the SOAM market and and when the weather gets warmer. But in the winter, it's virtually nothing. So again, I'm trying to provide them the space and I'm a realist. So even though I mentor, I tell them like, yes, you can see Supreme make a billion dollars on T-shirts. <laughs> yeah. Sell a brick. Exactly. Sell a brick with the logo. Exactly. Supreme. <laughs> like and and sometimes you just can't explain it. Some of it, you know, luck is when preparation meets opportunity. When my brand made it into the Beyonce documentary, that was literally just me selling shirts putting my head down, selling the shirts, and it ended up there. I didn't plan on that. I, I mean, I would have to pay an arm and a leg. I would have paid more than what the brand is worth to, <laughs> yeah. to get that placement. But I sold enough shirts that it ended up in a circle, and they felt like it was perfect to be in the scene for Lion King. So again, you have to put it out there into the universe. And I always say you can't win something that you quit. Right. But you also have to know there's a different... I'm passionate about the brand. So for me... It's not essentially work in the sense of the traditional speak, uh, the, the, the traditional idea of work. But I think a lot of business owners need to understand if you want to be an entrepreneur, yes, it doesn't feel like essentially work to me because of what I'm doing, but it is a lot of work. It's more hours than a typical job. You know, all the onus is on you. So yeah. yes, you be able to, you're able to call your hours, but you also have you have to have discipline. You have to have dedication. Right. You have to you know be able to say, I made this money, but I'm not going to take that vacation because I'm going to buy this equipment that's going to add more money to the brand. I'll take the vacation when it's ready when um, yeah. when my company's autonomous and I can yeah. leave like the supreme right. owners. But it's 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 you know the reality is is most businesses don't make it. Yeah. So I tell everybody that I'm dealing with in the beginning, like that's something that you have to be aware of. Don't get into just the fluff of business, you know, get into the idea that it really is a tough aspect. You have competitors. How is your brand stand out? What does your brand stand for? Who's behind the brand? All of that matters now. Before, you know, the Internet, people were kind of autonomous to it. They just liked the brand. They loved the brand. They didn't even know who owned it, whatever. With social media, it's vitally important that people are checking in on who they're purchasing from. So, I mean, it's unfortunate that COVID, this is just an aside, it's not really a direct question, but it's unfortunate that COVID, especially in my world and like websites and digital and stuff like that, it forced people to like be online. It's like, man, Correct. 2020, it's 2020. You should yep. have had this stuff yes. set up already. Yes. You know, I don't want to hear that, you know, oh, it's too complex or that's, you know, it's, I'm not going to put up a website. Nobody's going to, I don't want to hear it anymore. Like it's, it's a necessity. Correct. Right? And I, I mean, uh, unfortunately, but luckily there's a lot of people who saw it like, okay, I guess I need something up there. I'm curious. This is a, a, a sort of a random question, but I'm curious mm-hmm. when somebody comes to you and they say, I don't like maybe even the mentors that the people that you're mentoring now, I'm not good at sales. Yep. I don't think I can do sales. Do you have any advice for for them? Number one, especially when I'm dealing with people who are dealing with well, any business. I wear my brand everywhere. Everywhere. I have suit apparel if I need to change it up <laughs> that I might not necessarily have on sale, but yeah. I have to have you see the brand. That's number one. You are your you are your billboard everywhere you go. When you're dealing with your social media, don't get so caught up in the family pics you forget that you're running a business. Post your business. Make it a part of, you know, create your own language. Make it a part of, you know, the vernacular when you're talking to different people. Then people start to pick up on it. They feel like they're a part of it. And then, you know, if you really feel like you don't know something, don't be afraid to go learn some best practices. Your limitations only what you 
keep yourself limited by, you know, like I had a lot of limitations. There was a lot of people that told me I couldn't do anything when I was growing up. And now, you know, I'm sitting here and I'm breaking all my limitations. I'm blowing my own mind sometimes by the things I'm getting accomplished. <laughs> but it's an amazing feeling every time you do that. And, and you know, again, and if you can't do that, then partner or get with someone who has that skill set and copy paste. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Copy paste. If you can't do anything else, find someone who knows what they're doing, copy paste. I tell people all the time, like, I, I still to this day go to certain brands. I want to know what, why did Nike advertise it that way? I was, I'm into commercials more than I've ever been. So, like, I'm hyped to see the Super Bowl commercials. Like, what, what kind of comedic edge did they use for this? Or, you know, there was a, a commercial during the Super Bowl about a young woman who was born with no legs and the family was going to adopt her and she was swimming. And I thought that was a powerful commercial. And that's something that I can use when I'm trying to tell the story of, like, I am still ill, you know, with people who are struggling. So, again, you, you you know, you have to mirror what you see. You got to follow best practices. You have to innovate. You try to innovate as much as you can, but you don't deviate it from deviate from it so far that you might might not land that market. Customer segment is important. You have to be able to identify who you're selling to. Like when you make this brand, it's cool, but like who is your customer segment, which is vitally important. Yeah, because everyone's like, just buy it. Like everyone's gonna buy it. Like, exactly. Yeah, everyone's gonna buy like it, then that. no one buys it. And then, yep. then you're like, I gotta find out who's gonna buy this. Like what you, what you said, especially like partnerships, this is something that's so lost. And this is like the essence, I guess, of the communal space and I, everything that, that you're doing. So many people try to protect their little- Correct. Their little idea. Like, yep. man, there is a, million ideas that are out there everyone has had if it's not the same idea that they've had they've had probably a variation of your idea and it's about execution and sometimes we can execute better if we're partnered together uh, whether it be just like an apparel business or new bedford fall river or the surrounding communities all coming together like it, it can't always be let's let's huddle around this and protect this thing because i don't want somebody to copy it uh, everybody can copy it. Yes, <laughs> you know? exactly. You know, stop exactly. worrying about it. Exactly. And one of the things I'm prouder about is like, because I learned to change that and how I was running my brand when I started doing the community work. Because there were a lot of invisible walls here about between organizations. Like, they might do something together, but the again, we're all fighting for these little grants that come through the city and all this stuff. The way I look at it is, third eye, let's use that for an example. We can get a grant, Right. And now I need to create programming for that grant. Well, that doesn't mean that I can't allocate some of those funds to another program that provides that service so we all can be propped up together. Last night, that's what we did with this Black Presley event. We, you know, we had E4All come on, the American Red Cross come on, we had New Bedford Historical Society come on and buy Black New Bedford to talk about the different ways because sometimes you have to put people in front of each other so they can connect the dots. So that's what we're really doing. Like the community space, again, is a place to bring people so they can cultivate and understand how they can connect the dots and bridge the gaps and understand that collaboration and healthy competitiveness is a good thing. But healthy competitiveness, not to the point where, like, again, you're like hoarding those little nuts like a squirrel, like nobody right. can have these. Yeah. I'm the only yeah. one that's going to get acorns. Like, no, it's right. not realistic. There's, the pie is huge. If there's one thing that we learned with 1%, people always talk about this 1%. I'm like, well, go get some of that pie. That pie is right. huge. <laughs> Bitcoin, everything, like, go get some of that pie. There's a new company, a new idea popping up all the time. What's the difference? The amount of the level of attentive care that you put into that business, the level of detail and the level of commitment that you have to finish the job. Mm. What is speaking of what is the business model of the communal space? How will it make money? Is it through grants, donations, sponsorships, memberships? What is it? There you go. You just gave them all. So 
We are under the third eye umbrella. So it's a, it's under the nonprofit umbrella, which means we will be because we have business. See, the thing is, it's like this third eye. But then again, we built this collab on uh, this conglomerate of like businesses to get other organizations like the National Parks, New Bedford Historical Society, who when they found out. So it was going to start as a for profit business. Once all these organizations found out what we were doing, they were like, listen, we're just going to throw in. We want to help you do this. Da, 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 da. I said, fine. So I'll put it under the third eye umbrella. No problem. Because again, I wasn't looking to make profit. I just want to keep the lights on and keep the space there. So all of these different organizations against the, from the grants to fundraising to merch that we have there, the proceeds go back into the programming. Any of the shirts that I sell in that space, the, pro, the, the finance goes back into third eye in the communal space. Stuff that I sell outside of the space is my own entity. But basically, I essentially, I donate the shirts to the communal space and then sell those shirts to gain proceeds for the communal space. And then my online entity and things that I do at open air markets and stuff is my actual business side. It's very nuanced when I'm trying to explain to people exactly what I do. And I just tell people it's to sum it up and make it easy for you. I'm a lion of all hunts. If I can get it, if I can get something built in a nonprofit segment, I will. If I can get something built in the private sector, I will. I'm just going to tackle whatever I can and make sure my paperwork is tied up when it's yeah, tax yeah. time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. People ask me, what, what do you do? I, I, I'm just a podcaster. I don't, and they look at me like, how the hell do you survive? I'm like, there's like a million other things that I do. Yes, I'll just exactly. tell you this one, I'll just tell exactly. you this one thing. <laughs> Awesome, man. What is, is there like uh, another big event coming up or anything that people can turn to, to either just like get involved or sponsor or do something? Yes, absolutely. So February 26th, we will be having another Black History event. We're going to have a couple of artists come out. We have another, a young woman named Jamie who did a lot of the pictures from some of the protests um, last year. She's going to be posting a lot of her pictures. We're going to have more conversations. This is going to be more on the music side. So we let some kids come in and do some music. Now, the thing is, is with us having limited space, I do not want to have the public there when people are performing with no mask on. I'm trying to be very cognizant of that. So when we have like the event last night, we just had discussions we would we can have people in and out because it was just a discussion with me back here on the computer doing my one two and people are just enjoying the art in the space but again february 26th we have another event going on the black history celebration we're gonna have more music more live artwork we always incorporate live artwork the the foundation of what we're doing is built on the pillars of hip-hop so a lot of people don't understand that hip-hop has a formula and what it is was there was B-Boy, B-Girling. So there's the dance aspect. And these are all like foundations of entertainment, if you think about it. If you're throwing on a Broadway show, these are all in it. So there's music, the MC, B-Boy, B-Girling, knowledge. Excuse me, I'm drawing a blank here. Graffiti art. And there's one more I'm missing. <laughs> oh, um, the DJ. Um, the DJ. So again, these pillars are vital. And all of these are aspects that you have. Sound, lights, all of that good stuff at a Broadway spectacle or anything that's kind of cool. Like the Star Series that they have in downtown. Stuff like that. So again, we've taken those foundation. We put that into philosophy of all of our events. Now, when it comes to the communal space itself, we live by the rules of Kwanzaa, uh, which is also known as the Nguzu Saba which is seven principles. And if you actually get into, without me having to go too deep, into each principle, it's kind of what you would need in a community to build that collective wealth together, to understand how the village mentality still matters here. That is going to kick off on in February. Yes. Is there, is there any way for the public to view that? Because it's going to be streamed. Yes, it will be streamed on the Communal Space Facebook page, okay. backslash Communal Space MB, and on the Third Eye Facebook page as well, backslash Third Eye Inc., so again, or, or and you can also follow us at Third Eye underscore Unlimited 
or you can follow us at third i i mean i'm at communal space mb online but yes you will be able to see it on the communal space facebook page more people know the third eye page obviously you can follow us on there we're going to be building some different portals into our website as well the third eyeunlimited.org website i was going to build an entire space for the i mean a website for the communal space but again i decided to merge that with what they're doing on the third eye website already so you'll be able to visit the communal space on the third eye website The, the whole point is for me to bring awareness to the empowerment program and understand that this program has a space where we cultivate the yeah. people that we deal with. Did you get like halfway through the website for the new one and be like, what am I doing? No, it's just like, just throw this thing out. That partially start. too. I learned <laughs> I about, actually I learned about a website that grades websites through yeah. you and someone else. And I actually did my I Am Still Ill website. I'm happy to report I got an A. Thank you. I nice. appreciate it. <laughs> Especially for e-commerce. You can't have stuff that slows you yeah. down. So That's right. But you know, when you're dealing with a non-profit, it gets a little bit more complex. That grade's going to change. Because yeah. <laughs> you usually got so because much different de- content. Yeah. Oh yeah. And it's usually because it's designed by committee and everyone wants a exactly, little bit something different exactly so <laughs> but no yeah anything you can really get in tune with with us is at thirdeyeunlimited.org and you know again we're just another entity under that umbrella we have a family vibe it's more of a family vibe than a business but when it comes down to the business i'm able to me being a social capitalist i'm able to separate the two and be like all right guys we got to lock in here because again everything still has to be viable in order to still maintain it's awesome stuff everybody else can go to all and also check out your uh, brand website, IamStillIll.com. Correct. Uh, fantastic episode. Thanks for taking the time. Thanks for doing a little quick reschedule with me this week. No problem. Everyone else, it's the We Are Here podcast, southcoast.fm slash subscribe. Join the mailing list. We'll see you in the next episode.